Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, you're listening to Weird Tales and the Unexplainable. This is a Weird Tales Revisited. Uh, so this is Bob Shoy, as usual. And with me on all these revisited, it's uh, Mr. Rick Dove. Hello. And uh, <laughs> today we're revisiting one of the most popular episodes of Weird Tales we ever did, the vampires topic we did in Transylvania. And um, I realised something that we hadn't covered on that vampire sort of trip was the fact that there are real people out there who do live vampire lifestyles mm. many of them it seems yeah it is odd i uh, did um it's been a while since i looked at my notes because we were going <laughs> to peek behind the curtain listeners we were going to record this a week ago <laughs> so i haven't actually looked at my notes for a week which is why i'm a bit like turning my notebook <laughs> in the background here um but yeah we're, we're fine we'll model through it and it's also rick's last episode it is. So, you know. Sad times. I'm going to miss you. We thought we'd end on, on something that's going to be popular vampire stuff. Yeah, and it's a good topic, to be honest. It was fun researching it. It kind of ties into uh, general love of the supernatural, plus my love of games. Because uh, I, when I was growing up, I loved Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. Oh, yeah. And that kind of plays into the lifestyle of thing, which is uh, quite interesting. Yeah, there is a little bit of, uh, of crossover in there. Because um, people... Some of this does come from people playing the like the role playing game um, oh, yeah. of the masquerade and taking it that step further into so it takes over their actual life, I suppose. I suppose for any listeners who don't know what Vampire the Masquerade is, uh, it's uh, an RPG system, much like D&D or something yeah. similar, but it's all vampire themed in the modern age for the most part. There are some that are set in uh, more contemporary times. Uh, sorry, no, contemporary means now, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, cool. More, <laughs> more, for the more English language. Um, historical cut, times. Cut, cut that. Yeah, more historical times. Yeah, so they can put it in pretty much any setting they want. The people role play as vampires in that world. There's all sorts of different clans which have different aspects. So, you know, uh, there's like the Nosferatu, which look like a traditional Nosferatu. There's the... the uh, well, I'm not going to go list all the clans, but basically they've all got different powers, different abilities, and different temperaments based on which clan they are. Mm-hmm. And people roleplay as these dudes and have a lot of fun doing it, it seems. 
I've never played Vampire the Masquerade. I've known people that have, but I've never played it myself. I got invited to play it in a pub once with a bunch of very weird people, and uh, I decided that I would pass. Uh, they were a bit intense with D&D, and I thought if we're stepping into the realm of vampires, it could get even more weird, so I stepped <laughs> right, back okay. from that one. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. yeah. So these vampire lifestylers, mm. they, get, they go by a few different names. Other kin kept coming up. Yep, yep. Um, Therians. Therians. Oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah, so that, that comes from uh, the term Therianthropy, which is um, the mythological ability uh, or affliction of individuals to metamorphosize into other animals or hybrids by means of shape-shifting. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But there's a, there's a little section online that talks about uh, modern uh, Therianthropy, and it says Therians are individuals who feel that they are something other than human in a non-biological sense. So it's kind of, kind of a catch-all term. Yeah. Uh, there's there's a load of different types of it's not just like we think we're a vampire there's different subcultures within this subculture many yes and there's two sort of main main ones it seems and then the others are sort of like spin out of that so the main two you've got are um psychic vampires and sanguinarians if you don't insert a Colin Robinson quote here, yeah, I'm going I've, to be very I've already got one lined up. Yes. So, <laughs> so somewhere in the episode that'll be dropped in. And this isn't a new thing. Um this this vampire lifestyle stuff. Like I was looking around online, there's discovery documentaries about this from like, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Like these communities yeah. have been around for a while. The stories originated in the Far East before traveling through ancient Rome and of course Transylvania. But vampires in the 21st century? At least one person thinks we should still be on our guard. Meet Catherine Ramsland, forensic psychologist from Pennsylvania's DeSales University and author of four books investigating today's vampire subculture. People tend to believe a vampire is what we see from Dracula, but since the 1990s, we've really had a difference in, in how people understand the vampire, and they've redefined it. She's on her way to an interview with a vampire. At least, that's what he says he is. Four years ago, Don Henry was an electronics engineer. Whether or not I like it or not, but I do. I have uh, become, I guess you'd say, the face or sort of a role model for my community. Don is now the modest figurehead of America's flourishing vampire culture, now spread over nearly 80 cities. But don't worry, they may call themselves vampires, but they're definitely not Count Dracula. I don't turn to mist. I don't turn into bats. I'm not afraid of crosses and I have normal needs like everyone else. However, some of them claim that they do drink blood from consenting victims. Do you drink blood? Yes, I do. What happens to you when you take it from somebody? I feel invigorated. And how do they feel? Drained. <laughs> blood drinking carries health risks, so most 21st century vampires have found another way to suck our blood. Some people actually do it emotionally. I'll harvest that energy and actually take it upon myself and then finally project it outward. But according to Catherine, the vampires to be really afraid of don't dress like Nosferatu. 
But I do know from being a, a psychologist that there is such a thing as a psychological vampire that somehow manages to take all your resources. It could be financial, it could be emotional. They use your trust, they get in close, they, they suck you dry, just like a vampire. Yeah, because I mean, to, to take it another step back, it's it's pretty much a, a, a subculture that stems from goth subculture. So exactly, it's a subculture yeah. within a subculture. Yeah, yeah. Because there, there is obviously like you know the the similarities in clothing and jewelry and makeup, all that kind of thing. So yeah, the the, the vampire lifestyles are considered a bit of a spin off from goth. Did you ever go through a goth phase, Rick? No, not quite. I, oh. I was non-committal. I was, um, I was kind of like a skater punk kid in a way. I right. didn't skate. I listened to ska music and metal, um, yeah. and I would occasionally, because I was cringy as fuck, paint my index finger and my little finger on both hands with black nail polish. Yeah, I was a cool kid. Yeah, that sounds that sounds about right. Like, um, and I went down Camden. I used to go down Camden, yeah, I used to hang in London, Camden and buy uh, buy loads of shit from places like Cyberdog. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Cyberpunk shop. Like, well, I was in a band, um, so and we were like a punk band. So we, hmm. I was like way more into the punk side of stuff rather than the goth side of stuff. Like, you know, bright green mohawks and stuff when I was a teenager. So nice. that stuff, um, which, you know, it's just, it's fun, isn't it, to look back on that. I was thinking I haven't got any pictures of me looking like that and I really want to find some because it feels like another life. Yeah, I, um, I, there's a couple of me kicking around. The, the, the one thing that didn't, well, it did get committed to film, but I burnt the photo. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> so so, so, so th- this was the pinnacle of cringe, right? I finished, uh, I finished secondary school and was moving up into sixth form. And in the summer holidays, I thought, you know what? I'm going to dye my hair. Because at the time I had hair and it was ginger. And I thought, right. you know what, let's have a little change. Me being the genius I am, marches into Tony and Guy and says, can you dye this pitch black for me, please? <laughs> <laughs> She says, are you sure a brown might look a little bit better? And I go, no. So uh, <laughs> the palest son of a bitch you can imagine, <laughs> then rocking a black haircut, it looked Love a bit it. weird. Love and then it. it got even weirder when my ginger hair started to grow in because I looked like a Duracell battery. Nice. I, <laughs> that's fantastic. I did used to dye my hair quite a lot, but it was more um, yeah, bright greens, bright reds. and um, Nice. Yeah, stuff like that. Um, I got excluded for, from school for coming in with... Dye, I can't remember what colour it was, some dyed hair one time. Oh, bad boy, Shoy, getting kicked out of yeah. school. and I was like, wasn't even like, you know, told off or anything. They were just like, no, excluded to you sort it out. Wow. But get this, it was the day before the last day of school for summer holidays. What? And they said, but you can come in tomorrow because it's non-uniform day and it counts as part of your non-uniform. Unbelievable. <laughs> Fucking these arbitrary oh, rules. God. Yep. <laughs> Uh, listeners, you might have noticed it's going to be a little bit loosey goosey tonight. We're <laughs> our research is um, cursory at best. Yes. <laughs> just while we're talking about goths, I just want to drop a quick shout out to my buddy Chris, who I play D and D with, because uh, she, she is like a dyed in the wool goth. Like Love she, it. she is like goth for life. Um, she, you know, she's got like a coffin shaped uh, coffee table. She's got a couple of human skulls and is slowly building her collection. That kind of thing. Wow. Know? Okay. Yeah, full on goth, but the nicest person you'll meet. So hi, Chris. <laughs> um, my cousin, James Stein, who's been on for a few episodes, he he went through like a bit of a goth phase as well. He was a bit of a goth. So there are there are gods. Got, <laughs> gods. gods among us and goths <laughs> among us. Um, so I want to um, go into um, the Sanguinarian stuff, first of mm-hmm. all, because this was the first sort of... I didn't. I was a bit naive about this whole like vampire lifestyle stuff. 
yeah. until maybe about four years ago. And um, around that time, listeners might remember we had um, author and minister and podcaster, the Reverend Peter Laws, on the show, who I've met at a couple of functions before. And uh, I went to his book book launch in Milton Keynes and um, bought his book, which um, I've got a copy of here, signed, um, Two Weird Tales. And um, in this, he has a whole chapter on sanguinarians. And I remember very vividly visiting my mum up in Cumbria and taking this book with me to read on my visit. And when I got to the sanguinarian stuff, and I said this to him when when I saw him the next time, I said, I read the book, I really enjoyed it. By the way, listeners, the book is called The Frighteners. Um, I can't remember the subtitle. Hang on a sec. I've got the dust jacket over here. It's called The Frighteners, Why We Love Monsters, Ghosts, Death and Gore. It's like a non-fiction exploration into different things, different cha- different topic on every chapter. Um, but I remember reading the section on sanguinarians and getting queasy because I didn't know anything about it. And it was really... Um, there's real blood involved in this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe I was a bit naive about it. So I'm going to read um, a quick section from his book where he starts talking about sanguinarians. So it says, Vampirism has become an authentic subculture with many levels of involvement from fashion to lifestyle to religious faith. Yet the group which received the most media attention is made up of those willing to focus on the basics, the ones who believe that their own mental, spiritual and physical health relies on drinking the blood of others. They're more numerous than you'd think, and they have a fancy name, sanguinarians, which stems from the Latin word sanguinarius, meaning bloodthirsty. These people literally drink the blood of donors, be that friends or lovers, who are sometimes known as black swans. Clearly, it's a dangerous practice. Sanguinarians risk not only catching a blood-borne disease like HIV, but also seriously hurting their donor or even killing them. They might even get arrested in parts of the world where it's illegal for non-medics to remove the blood of another. But the dangers don't seem to stop them, and there are a range of websites that give advice on how sanguinarian vampires can obtain safe blood. Sanguinarius.org, for example, encourages blood drinkers to carefully study the diagrams of Grey's Anatomy so they know which veins, tendons and muscles to avoid. Wow. The site also suggests getting signed consent forms from the donors, who should be pre-tested for diseases. It notes the lower arm as a good place to drink from, but it's best to avoid the underside. Thighs, the base of the thumb, and the back of the shoulder are all ripe places too. And to get more blood from a donor, the site suggests making two razor cuts in the shape of an X, not too deep. Drinkers are cautioned not to suck too hard to avoid leaving an an unsightly red mark. Mm. The site even says that animals are a good source of blood, especially when using a syringe. Oh, and there's a recipe for blood pancakes too. (laughs) Are you feeling queasy yet? Another site lists virgin's blood as the best of all. Yes, people, the legends are true, it claims. Comparing this blood to any other kind of human blood is like comparing sirloin steak to hamburger. (coughs) They suggest popping blood in the microwave for five seconds because, quote, no matter what kind of blood, it always tastes better warm than cold. (laughs) I'll stop there. (laughs) I think I've got another passage I'll read in a minute. But yeah, reading that was the first knowledge i had of of this practice Mm. yeah it's a bit grim i mean the animal abuse has casually dropped in there as well yeah just remove blood from animals that's fine and and come on the shit about virgin's blood fuck off yeah i know it's fuck off it's 
there's a certain from some of the videos I've watched of people of Sanguinaries, there's a certain type of person who yeah. gets involved in this. <laughs> I'll be talking about one of them later. Oh really? Did you watch um I sent you a couple of clips. Did you see that couple who were on like the Sun website? It was like Meet the Vampires, it was about a four year old video. Oh no, I didn't see that one. No, the, the the guy I'm concentrating on is a chap called Murticus, who we'll cover right. a bit later. He's an interesting chap. Lovely. I tell you what, I'll chuck in the clip when I go to edit um, of the uh, the couple from the Sun, yeah. um, to to give listeners an idea of um, sort of people that this lifestyle uh, attracts. To me, when I had this this kind of awakening, I, I ran off with it like an absolute. Ass- and uh, I was just so empowered by it. I didn't care what anybody said. It was, you, I'm a vampire, and that was it. The Vampire Court of Austin is essentially a town hall for all of Austin's uh, awakened vampires, other kin, and uh, you know, human supporters or black swans that assist us with our you know, everyday life and what we do with the court as well. It's essentially a safe haven uh, for anyone who applies and wants to be part of our kind of family-style uh, group um, to learn from each other. My wife and I have uh, uh, been married now for uh, almost two years. Uh, from the moment that we got together, we, uh, we uh, decided to have an open relationship. And then shortly after that, we decided to have a polyamorous relationship, which meant that not only could we play with other partners, but we could also love other people. And finding my wife, I found my, my other half. In finding Ilona, I found that that soulmate that we all search for all through our lives, that other person who exists outside of us that vibrates on a similar energy frequency. A lot of vampires experience um, sun sensitivity, and the theory with that is that the sun is such an intense form of energy, and as vampires we are very sensitive to energy because we have to feed from it. If you stop feeding for an extended period of time, you're probably going to get sick. I actually know someone who had a heart condition and she stopped feeding for an extended period of time and she was they told her she was going to die. So our donors are human. Um, as far as how we do it, the, the most utilized court method that we promote is a lancet, which is an instrument that is utilized uh, for people who are diabetic. All it does is prick the finger a few times and we feed that way. You don't want to go cutting into people with, with knives or anything. you know. And I've heard horror stories of people doing that kind of thing and it, I think it's very important that we that we educate people on, on how to do that very safely. There's no reason to go cutting and slicing when you could just have a tiny little pinprick on a fingertip. One of the biggest misconceptions is that it's just a lifestyle and it's just something that we decided one day, woke up and said, hey, I'm gonna put on some black and some bangs to be a vampire. The only immortality that we believe in is what you leave behind. Here within the next year, uh, we, we are hoping to actually see a, a unified vampire community uh, across at least the U.S., if not international borders. So my day is probably just like anybody else's, except for sometimes I might be having a little more fun. Interestingly, whilst I was reading up on Sanguinarians, it seemed to me that there's a couple of subcultures even within Sanguinarians. So yeah, you've got there are, regular yeah. people who you know, just look, you dress like you and me, go out and do their job, but they have this compulsion where they feel like they need blood to be healthy and then there's the people who are the more traditional leaning towards vampire but say it has all these benefits and it makes them feel better and you know there's there's actual reasons that they do it yeah it's um it it really does kind of turn my stomach a little bit when i don't know how you feel about eating blood are you a fan of black pudding rick oh yeah i love black pudding um listeners i i don't eat meat but when I did used to, um, I don't know, I haven't eaten meat for like nine years, but I used to actually love black pudding. And this might sound more disgusting than real black pudding. I have found a vegan black pudding. 
And it's actually pretty good what? and tastes like the the actual black pudding. <laughs> the blood of plants. It's a little shop near me. It's like a bio wow. shop. When Becca bought it, I was like, come on, I'm not having that. I tried it. I was like, it's pretty good, actually. Fair play. I won't knock it, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's probably not exactly like the real thing, but it, it tasted kind of how I remembered black pudding tasting. Um, but oh, then then my brain starts going down these avenues. Though. I'm thinking, are these sanguinarians making black pudding out of human blood? Almost definitely, because I found there's a website. I don't know if you saw it, theredseller.com. Oh, yes. Yeah, I, was, I went to the Red Cellar. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I was going to say how I found the Red Cellar, because... In the passage I just read, uh, Peter Laws mentions sanguinarius.org. That website doesn't exist anymore. Oh. And it feels like the Red Cellar. I found the Red Cellar whilst looking for Sanguinarius. But I did go on the Wayback Machine for sanguinarius.org mm. and had a little route around. And, you know, I wanted to get on the message boards, but I couldn't get on them because you needed to ah. log in and all that stuff. And I couldn't yep. certainly log in. But they had some great merch on there. <laughs> it was like the news <laughs> section. There was a parents section. <laughs> wow. Um, the section I had a good rummage around in was the uh, terminology and lingo section, where they have the dictionary of sanguinese. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds exciting. <laughs> and that's where you're getting things like, you know, like black swans they've mentioned before, but also like a blood doll. Ooh. Uh, this is just me scrolling through now. A blood junkie. Lots of ones beginning with blood clinical vampirism you know all this stuff um, hmm. a combo that's that's some that's a vampire who's capable of feeding on blood as well as psi energy so it's really fascinating uh cutters those who will cut themselves for their own blood drink their own yeah wow yeah so this it, it's really fascinating and this is a big dictionary like i'm scrolling down 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 mm. down yeah so yeah, on the um, on the redseller.com, on yep. the on the sidebar, uh, the, the, the bit I'm reading at the moment says uh, sanguinarian uh, sanguinarian FAQ. Ask a sanguinarian. Oh, I've got this that page open right now. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, yeah, yeah. The sidebar. So I'm seeing stuff like a traditional Portuguese delicacy, delicacy cabidela, and I'm assuming that involves blood. Um, Sunde blood sundage, which is Korean blood sausage, apparently. Jesus. Oh, sorry, it's a joke. Sunde bloody Sunde. Oh. <laughs> there's Korean blood sausage um, what else blood custard pie a fried chicken's blood well there's a whole recipe section on there isn't there oh is there yeah if you go to the, the bit at the top it says blood as food oh yeah 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 this and piece. I really was just like oh god because I was looking at the pictures of the recipes like stroganoff and thinking there's fucking blood in that and chocolate cake with blood in it and all this stuff and it was really turning my stomach yeah i'm not too pleased looking at this i mean i, mean, I like a as i say i like a black pudding, but there, there is a line to be drawn yeah i mean it's cannibalism isn't it pretty much yeah is that is it cannibalism if you don't chew on the meat if you just drink on the blood is that still cannibalism that, that sounds like a loophole I, I'm, I'm putting it down as cannibalism i never even thought of that that direction from it they also talk about medsangs a lot on that sanguinaire on that sorry on the redseller.com did you come across medsangs no i've heard the term but i can't i can't place it let me have a look i've got it open a tab somewhere here we go it's from an interview of one of the main people what is a medsang so they say first it would be important to define what a sanguivore is sanguivores are people who perceive a physical 
need to consume blood, often fresh and human, to stave off a common set of symptoms and to obtain optimal health. Sangrivores often have to consume considerable amounts of blood weekly, ranging from seven shot glasses worth to an entire pint. Some of that's horrible. That sounds gross. Some of the most frequently reported symptoms include temperature slash light sensitivity, digestive problems ranging from nausea, diarrhea and constipation, chronic lethargy and migraines. Some of the more frequently reported benefits from maintaining optimal health through consuming blood include a stronger immune system, increased physical strength, and slowed slowed aging. So basically, they're saying it's it's a medical sanguinarian, someone who hmm. they, they when I've read more of it, it's like they need it. Yeah, they will get ill if they don't have it, and I'm like, really? Yeah, and that's what I've read, but I I do wonder how much of it is people putting it on. Oh, I feel terrible. I just don't have any energy. I'm so tired. Oh. Yeah, I need I need my blood. Yeah, and then how much of that is psychological? Because yeah. they've been doing something and they feel like they've got something positive out of it. It's now tied in and psychological. So who knows? Oh, here we go. Why the med in Medsang? The med is short for medical. We are not a subtype of Sangrivore. The med part is more of a signifier of our approach in trying to find answers to why we need to consume blood through scientific inquiry. So they're turning it into a scientific thing. So these would be, I guess, the people, like I said, more like you and I, the regulars rather than the goths. (laughs) They're the people that... They're giving a scientific reasoning for their need to consume. They're saying, if I don't consume it, I get sick. I medically yeah. need it. And I'm like... Mm. I suppose I that could come from both groups, yeah. No. <laughs> and I, I did see some interviews whilst I was doing my research on this of people saying that exact thing. Oh, I just feel so tired. I can't go outside yes. until I get my blood. <laughs> what was interesting is some of the stuff that people were saying... I saw, like, sometimes I was looking in the comments on, like, YouTube videos and people were saying, like, oh, yeah, I can't go out in daylight. I have that effect. And they were just like... <laughs> That's not even in like the original vampire stories. That was like invented in films. <laughs> it was like <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> on a slight side note, though, I did learn something interesting about vampires while doing this, and I suppose I never put two and two together. But you know that whole thing about vampires uh, can't see their reflection. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, that goes back to when uh, a silver amalgam was used for the mirror backings to get the reflection. Right. So these days, it's all aluminium coated. So mm-hmm. technically, a vampire would be able to see their reflection these days. <laughs> <laughs> Modern vampires. Yeah. But I, I would say the first... I remember... This is years and years and years and years ago. When they used to have like the vampire characters on South Park. Yeah. When I was younger. Yeah. And I always thought that was just like a gag. Like there was just like a subculture of goths. I, that was, that's what I mean. I was a bit naive on this. I didn't realise that was a real thing they were taking, sort of taking the piss out of. Yeah, same. Because they're sort of rivals to the goths in that show, aren't they? Yes. And now you shall drink vampire blood, and your transformation will be complete, Percy. With this, thy transformation is done. Oh, that tastes awful. Yeah. It is finished. Welcome, Butters to the South Park Society of Vampires. <laughs> so yeah, it, it, it shocked me to find out years later that that was a real thing. Maybe there's not as many of them in England. Maybe it's Possibly. more American. I mean, I've never met someone who, who drinks blood. Well, what would you say your uh, your first like formative experience with vampirism was? You know, be it movie, internet, whatever. Um... I couldn't tell you what, but it would have been movies. Yeah. It would have been movies for sure. I, I think the one that turned the corner for me was Interview with a Vampire. 
Oh yeah, I only watched that for the first time like in the last few years, so it wasn't that oh. one for me. I, I don't know what film it would have been. No, no, it wouldn't have been that. I don't know. Something I would have seen when I was younger. Hmm. Yeah, because let's face it, there's a ton of vampire movies, but very few good ones. Yeah, there's so, so many. And even before we went to Transylvania on that Old Weird Tales, I took it upon myself to try and watch all the vampire movies I hadn't seen before we went. And there were so many. There's so many I still haven't seen. I still try and chip my way through that list. But have you watched Blackula? Yes, I have. Oh, that's a good film. I really enjoyed that. And I've seen Scream, Blackula Scream, the sequel. <laughs> I've not watched that. Brilliant. That's what going on the list. Um, I know around Halloween every year I try and hunt down some more vampire films I haven't seen. Nice. Um, my favourite is um, the Werner Herzog Nosferatu the Vampire. Ah, yes. Uh, I really like that one. That's good. Uh, yeah. Klaus Kinski, that's a good one. Very good. Yeah. Um, and David Eggers is doing a modern Nosferatu. Uh, the yes. guy who did The Witch and The Lighthouse. He's doing uh, Nosferatu next. So That's going to be very interesting. Give me that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> And then also, of course, Morbius. Yeah, of course. <laughs> that classic. Which I have actually seen. <laughs> uh, it wasn't very good, uh, believe it or not. Really? No. <laughs> huh. I've never seen Twilight, though. Uh, you, you now, I unfortunately have. Have you? It's an embarrassment. Is it it's as bad it, well, as people well, say? If, if, Is it all right? If, you, if you're a teenager, it, it would be all right. It's, it's that typical teen drama stuff. That's all it is. I know Becca's watched them. It, it's it's a bit much when they're all sparkly and do like the turbo running through the woodlands. I was going to and... say, don't they do like a turbo running baseball game? Oh yeah, so the baseball <laughs> game, which is soundtrack by Muse. I only <laughs> heard about that like this week. Someone mentioned it to yeah. me and I thought they were pulling my leg. No, it's uh, <laughs> it's quite something. Right now, I've got that clarified that that really happened because you've just convinced me. Right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can you can save those hours of your life. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think it's something I'll go to. I don't know. Maybe I never say never. I watch a lot of films. Yeah, me too. And I try to give everything a, a fair shake. Yeah, and you I'm know not picky about watched, genre. I watched the first two uh, in the series of those. I don't know what compelled me to watch the second well, one. You but, thought, well, the thing nah. is, sometimes when they're long series, you think, "Where might get better?" There's a reason. Sometimes there's a reason why it's popular. Yeah, but no. Oh well. Well, you might as well finish them now, Rick. I'm not doing that, mate. <laughs> 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 got my limits right so I'm gonna I've got one more section from this uh, the Peter Laws book about Sanguinarians yeah I wanted to get because I knew there was a bit where I knew he interviewed someone um, and I've got it here so I managed to speak to a Sanguinarian uh, to a Sanguinarian a special effects artist who asked me not to use her real name so let's call her Anna Anna first tasted blood as a child before she'd even heard of the word vampire she tells me, it was really a simple and innocent act that brought me here, a cut with blood flowing from it. The colour, the smell, and even the taste, the way it trickled down my arm in that beautiful red colour, I seemed compelled to taste it, like a child would feel about any tasty treat. I loved it at first taste. Talking about it now makes my mouth water. I loved the metallic taste, the feel of it on my tongue. It was unlike anything else I'd ever tasted, and I was hooked. <laughs> As a child, Anna knew her taste for blood wasn't normal. She's happy to admit that. But gradually, she started to see people like her in morbid entertainment. Vampires in black clothes and pale skin were doing what I enjoyed. They were the only role models offered to me. She doesn't claim to have the supernatural powers of a vampire. There's no immortality, for example. Although she does say that blood does wonders for her skin. 
For her, it's the compulsion to drink the stuff that makes her use the label vampire. For Anna, it's the only identification that makes sense. These days, her boyfriend lets her drink his blood, and friends and family have come to terms with her taste. They know I'm still kind, caring, and a good daughter and friend. Are there any other benefits, I ask her, from drinking blood? Definitely the spiritual highs, she said. It's often a very euphoric feeling, an uplift. It renews my strength and chases the dark thoughts and depressions of life away. There's something unexplainable about it, about the life force of another coming into yourself. It's a powerful experience. Some people have meditation to bring balance and euphoria to their life. I have this. Hmm. I felt like a lot of that is in her mind you know obviously it's her experience of it and i'm not trying to talk it down or anything or or insult her but you know when she's talking about it being a spiritual experience Mm -hmm. and how you know how how it tasted amazing Mm -hmm. and there's a a lot of taboo that goes in with drinking blood and you know oh this seems a a bit odd and then you know maybe like the whole concept of it being your life force as well plays into it and i mean all it takes is the right mind and it's easy to snap to that some people are searching for an identity though yeah yeah they want to feel different and if that's what it is and that's what you believe it is then that's what it is isn't it like if Mm. you in your heart believe that and that's what you connect to well yeah it's just that it doesn't 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 seem healthy to me (laughs) have you ever tasted proper blood though not not human blood only my own yeah but uh, like in a serious like i've got a mouthful of blood way oh yeah yeah i had um i had an operation on my throat a few years ago and um one night it split and i had to go listeners i'm really sorry about this episode this is going back to that fucking episode (laughs) cattle mutilation episode where we should have put a warning at the beginning yeah carry on sorry yeah graphic content ed skip forward 20 seconds um yeah, what well, one night I, I I coughed and the stitches inside my throat split oh. and I could just taste blood. Like if I opened my mouth and looked down, it was pouring blood. Oh, you're killing and, me! And uh, they said that I I drank about two pints in the end. So uh, <laughs> yeah, it was disgusting. I felt sick. I just had this constant metallic taste. It was horrible. Wow, hated it. What about yourself? <laughs> Oh, mine's mine's not as dramatic as that. I was um, a child, maybe seven. Um, me and my next door neighbour were very good friends growing up, and we loved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And we used to pretend we were Teenage Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the garden and fight with each other. <laughs> and he did a flying kick directly into my face, Ooh. and I had the worst nosebleed of my life. Uh, like ran into the kitchen, it was like white lino floor, completely covered in blood. Oh god! And yeah, I was just like swallowing it, fucking feeling sick. Oh. I still have nosebleeds to this day because of that, very regularly. Wow! Um, I really should have like the we're gonna shove a solder up your nose and seal something up there operation yeah. thing, but I always just think that's ah, fine. <laughs> <laughs> So that that was the one time. Were you a were you a Ninja Turtle guy, Rick? I was. I was. Donatello all the way, baby. Donatello, okay. Yeah. I was a Leo guy. Um, oh, okay, my brother's Leo. Leo. Yeah, he was a Raphael. Everyone everyone like picks their turtle, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Don was my boy, the science dude. Yeah, I, I do like Don. He's probably probably a number two for me, but yeah, I was always Rick. I was Rick. <laughs> <laughs> the best turtle. <laughs> the best. Yeah, I love when they brought him Rick. He was my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, I was always a Leo guy. I loved loved turtles. 
uh, at one time as well. So I used to read like the Beano, the Dandy and stuff when I was a oh, kid. Oh, yeah, same. And um, there were sometimes competitions in them at the back. And I remember there was like, um, I can't remember what the question was. Uh, this is so off topic. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> I've gone this far. And I said to mum, I was like, mum, I know the answer to this question. And the prize was like all these turtles toys. I was like, I'm going to get all these turtles toys. She was like, that's not how it works. They make the question easy so everyone writes in. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, I know it. I, I know the answer. I'm going to win these toys. Mm-hmm. She was like, all right, okay. So I sent it off. And then I went and bloody won. And hey. she picked me up from school. And it was like the whole range of like a huge, like the boot was full of all oh like new God. in the packaging. It was when they did whatever series it was where it was like they were all in samurai gear. So it was all the samurai turtle oh, range. Amazing. That's so cool, man. And she had to pick me up from school, but give me like this talk before she had <laughs> dared let me see that. She had to be like, just because this time you won, it doesn't mean you win <laughs> every time. This is like a very rare one-off. That's some good parenting right there. Yeah, yeah, she had like set me up for disappointment and then it had like kicked her in the ass, and I actually did win. And I was so cocksure that I was going to win it. Um, so yeah, that was like the best thing in my life. Um, and I had all I spent all my luck at the age of like seven, so I'm never actually going to win the lottery or anything now. Oh. <laughs> um Anyway, what were we talking about? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, vampires. Oh, wait, wait. Vampires, yes. So I think that's kind of the stuff I had on sanguinarians really i mean there's Mm. loads of stuff like i'm gonna put some links in the show notes for um the red seller like that website is fascinating to click around i had a a, some good time well (laughs) some good times clicking around that had some confusing feelings clicking around on that (laughs) Uh, like we said there's a blood as food section there's a health and wellness section there's a discord where you and fellow vamps can uh, have a chat uh, all these resources, and I mean, some of it is very useful and it builds a community, I suppose, and mm. that's part of it, the identity side, the community side, and there is, you know, safety advice and all this stuff on there to, if you're going to do it, you know, bloody be safe. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of glad they put all that stuff up there, though, because you could see someone just jumping into it all maverick and not reading up, and serious harm could be cause very easily yeah yeah but but really i mean it, this whole vampirism thing is it's pretty much like any other subculture it's i mean at it's core it's a group of people who are passionate about one topic and they express their passion in different ways you know yeah yeah some are extreme some are more casual so it's, it's it's kind of the same as D D. you know i can i can find a group of players i can sit down at the table roll some dice or i could find a larp squad who are, who are only in character only ever dress up only ever play in person they really live and breathe it yeah yeah it's, it's you know different levels for different folks i mean there there has been research in the medical field and scientific field into this phenomena um i don't know if you looked into like renfield sy- syndrome stuff i did yes yeah. yeah so that's kind of the medical term for this phenomena I looked a little into it. Go on, talk talk about Renfield syndrome, Rick. Yes, yeah, so, well, but basically, sure. Renfield syndrome is for, is clinical vampirism. Yeah. Uh, it's an obsession with drinking blood. Yep, that's that's pretty much it. Um, it was a term that was coined back in the nineteen eighties, uh, and it was kind of lashing out at all the um, psychiatry psychobabble at the time. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, a chap called Richard Knoll created the term Renfield syndrome, um, and it was a joke at first. But then it started yeah. to get taken a bit more seriously in pop culture. People who are non-familiar with uh, Drac law, Renfield is basically his little assistant, his little friend, played by Nicholas Holt in the 2023 film Renfield. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I've still not watched that yet. I watched it. It was all right. <laughs> Cage, I know. What do you expect? Yeah, yeah. It's hammy. It's hammy yep. and fun and lots of CGI blood everywhere. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like Rick said, it's an obsession with drinking blood. It's the, the clinical term for that stuff. It's... Um, People often believe that it gives them vitality, powers, like the all the benefits, like we said before, um, even sexual benefits, uh, people doing it for erotic purposes, all this stuff. But a lot of doctors and psychiatrists, when they're looking at it and looking at this clinical, clinical vampirism stuff, they're basically all coming down to the idea that these people need psychiatric help. These people are delusional. That's that's what all these uh, that's what all the different scientists say. I did watch a few videos on this. Just doctors talking about Renfield syndrome. Um, I've got. I'll tell you. What, I'll put one in because I've got one here saved. Listeners, if you want a doctor's um, opinion on Renfield syndrome, here is a video from Doctor Salata Shinoi. There we go. I have to tick off which videos I've used. Hi, I'm Doctor Sulata Shinoi. Director, Turning Point, Center for Psychological Assessments, Therapies and Counseling, Jainagar, Bengaluru. Renfield Syndrome is commonly referred to as clinical vampirism, in which the person has an obsession to drink blood, usually associated with erotic pleasure. There were two cases reported in the 1964 which analyzed why a person would like to do so. Since then, there have been many myths associated with this syndrome, a lot of misconceptions because it seems so uh, unlikely and it seems so exotic. This, however, is also a psychiatric disorder. It is not to be confused with normal behavior in people in which one is behaving perfectly normal and suddenly one develops the uh, a liking for drinking blood. There are many movies, many books which have also uh, built on this fantasy and some myths needs to be removed. It is part of a larger psychiatric or psychotic illness in which there may be other bizarre behaviors along with this obsession of drinking blood. We also have people who believe that it may give supernatural powers or give some kind of uh, boost to the libido and therefore they feel that drinking blood is uh, required. However, all this is false and a misconception and people who do so are delusional and need treatment for this psychiatric disorder. It is found to be developed in early childhood when due to disturbances in the emotional stability of the child as he or she is brought up, the person usually develops a fascination for bloodshed and also a taste for blood. This is not considered to be normal phenomenon at all. So in case this is reported, please be assured that this cannot develop suddenly and it has to be treated as part of a larger clinical or larger psychiatric disorder. Over time, it is also found that people 
who have this fascination or obsession with drinking blood can make uh, cuts on their own body and start to drink the blood themselves however this is called auto vampirism later they may switch to the blood of animals and in extreme cases they may even switch to the blood of human beings which can be very dangerous and it can also be uh, indicative of a criminal mindset so this is not at all healthy for anyone to do so however this is part of a deep rooted psychiatric obsession and needs to be treated uh so that's the sanguinarian side and the more like bloodletting grizzly side of uh vampire lifestyles mm. but as we alluded to earlier there's also the um energy vampire or psychic vampires cue the colin robinson clip my name is colin robinson and i am what's known as a psychic vampire or energy vampire this is my office also known as the hunting ground. Hi Deb. Energy vampires drain people's energy merely by talking Jeez, to them. Actual versus budget year to date. No thanks. You're going to be at that all day. We either bore you with a long conversation. I'm feeling better now. I was a little sick this weekend. Hey Don. Or we enrage you. In fact, you probably know an energy vampire. We're the most common kind of vampire. We are day walkers, not affected by the sun. And we are the only kind of vampire that can drain another vampire's energy. It's very cool. <laughs> I love Colin. Yeah. He's, he's my favorite vampire ever like he's oh, just fantastic it's fantastic yeah i love that show it is one of the best best shows on tv for me because the, the thing is we all know someone like that yes someone who just stand there and talk in a monotone voice about whatever comes to their mind you're <laughs> like, desperate ah! for an escape as soon, yes. as soon as they walk in you're like oh no mm-hmm. I, there's guys like that at work with my work and i work on a building site but they still and i'm normally on my own but i somehow still get trapped by that type of person um so we've all met psychic vampires or energy vampires uh, but in case you don't watch what we do in the shadows or, or don't know what we're talking about, Rick, what's a psychic or energy vampire? So um, these are people who claim that they get nourishment from the aura or pranic energy of others. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So um, pr- pranic energy is uh, like life force. Uh, life it's, it's force. A yeah. Very old term. Um, I think it, it's a yogic term, if I remember correctly. It comes from India. I might be wrong. I don't know that. I don't know. Yeah, um, but yeah, your pranic energy is basically your life force. So they're, they're saying that they are drinking that in and off of others and using that to sustain themselves. Yeah, they, they're <laughs> draining your energy. You know when you talk to someone and when you come away from talking to them, you feel drained, like they have sapped 
enthusiasm from you. They oh, have yeah. left you exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> it's that person. It's that type of person. And maybe some of these people are doing it accidentally, but there are people who go out their way to do it intentionally. They're getting a kick out of this. So consider that next time you get caught in one of these situations with these people. It's one of those things, though, where it's, once again, quite a broad spectrum. There's all the sort of kooky people who claim they can do it, and then other people who take it very quite seriously. And they're yes. like, you know, this is what I do. This is how I survive. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's like, I mean, to me, it's like, I, I might as well just point at the computer screen and go, I am sapping your aura. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, um, in a way, it's kind of like, I've only just sort of made this connection in my head, but like, internet trolls are a bit like this. They're only doing <laughs> yeah. it because they feel great about getting someone's ire up, aren't they? Yeah, exactly, yeah. They're always like an anger vampire. They're like, if I say this, they're going to get really annoyed. They don't even believe the shit they're saying half the time. They're yeah. just trying to annoy someone. And it make, they go, ha, 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 did it. That wound them up. Like, I could see an energy vampire doing that, following someone down the street going, I'm an energy vampire. I'm drinking from you right now. <laughs> like, oh, piss off. You see, I'm making you angry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, I uh, I don't know. Um, I I looked into some of the like the the psychology aspects of um, energy vampire stuff, like checklists of like common things that energy vampires do mm. or behave like. So they like to play victim. That's a way that they will get that from you. The sort of person who they're very manipulative around you. They're seeking validation from you. They are. They don't take responsibility for stuff. They're victim people. And we all mm. know them. Yeah. Narcissistic people. Very charismatic. Don't listen to you. Only talk about themselves all the time. Don't, don't seem to have any empathy. Um, they're dominative people. They want to feel superior. They overcompensate. They don't. They don't want to f- appear weak, so they overcompensate for stuff. Uh, they put others down mm. to feel good about themselves yeah that's that whole like draining stuff um they don't like seeing other people succeed they like creating unnecessary drama we know those people i know mm-hmm. lots of people like that they want to be center of attention they thrive in chaos and crisis while everyone's panicking they're sort of yeah. going, good good <laughs> you know <laughs> gossip creating gossip spreading yeah, gossip yeah. all that stuff then people uh critical constantly critical emotionally manipulative exploitative they exploit people's kindness they coerce people uh they target compassionate people like if you're a empathetic compassionate person boom they're on you Mm. and like i say this is sometimes intentional sometimes we just know people like this i know loads of people like this this is a checklist yeah just ourselves yeah (laughs) yeah this was a checklist of a video i watched off a youtube channel called psych to go okay and it was like a self-help thing to like don't put uh, these sort of people in your life because all they're going to do is drain you. Yeah. And they're coming to it from a perspective of like, you know, they, they refer to them as energy vampires, but they're looking at it in like a, there are people like this, intentionally or not, mostly unintentionally. Yeah. But they're, they they sap you and they're detrimental to your men- mental health, basically, surrounding yourself by these kind of people. Mm, that's interesting. But what was interesting about that, that's just like the rough bullet points. And I will put the link to that video. It's quite interesting in the show notes. Um, But I just quickly ran through some of the bullet points that she was bringing up. But I was like, this is all the stuff that actually real psychic vampires are doing intentionally Mm -hmm. on top of this because they're getting something out of it or they feel they're getting something out of it. Yeah, yeah. 
And I, I do wonder how much of it is a like a like a personality trait. You know, maybe someone who's either overconfident uh, mm-hmm. and and gets into it, or someone who's lacking confidence and uses it as a bit of a booster to whatever they've got going on. So they've got this mystique. You know, I'm an oh, energy yeah. vampire. How cool <laughs> am I? <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 They want you to ask them more without telling you. They'll yes. allude to stuff, so you'll go like, oh, what's that then? Oh, you don't know. And then, yeah. you know, it's... <laughs> you're going to be all cagey about it. Yeah, well, I couldn't possibly say. <laughs> <laughs> it goes against my oath. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if you had any other stuff you'd come across in terms of psychic vampire stuff. Not particularly, no. It's something that's not really talked about all that often. Um, I, I really couldn't find much on it at all. Um well, one of the big things I did have come up in all this is I got to wondering about other cultures. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, so like, like cultures in Africa, for example, who might not have as ample access to Western media. Do mm-hmm. do they experience anything like this? I'd be really intrigued to find out because couldn't find much. That's interesting. There are definitely vampire myths all over the world. Yes. From Five Minute Folklore, I've looked at vampire myths from all over the world, and there are African vampire stories. They're different to Dracula or whatever, hmm. or, or Romanian vampires and stuff like that, but they are still the same sort of idea of of shapeshifting, drinking blood, a lot of the same tropes. It's a bit like dragons. Hmm. We've talked about dragons on Weird Tales. Like, isn't it weird how people all over the world have this same trope? They're slightly different, but they're yeah. kind of the same. A big lizard that breathes fire. And yeah, there are vampire myths all over the world, wherever you go. Yeah. So I don't know if like the lifestyle thing would translate, possibly. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I, I, I do wonder if maybe it comes out in a more sort of spiritual kind of way, with like shaman and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, or if there is something more general that I don't know about, because yeah, I, I might have to do some follow-up research on this, because it's quite an interesting topic. Yeah, and I can definitely imagine like in different parts of the world, like uh, blood drinking rituals taking place ancient mm-hmm. or even modern and people taking that into a lifestyle or taking old rituals and being like i'm gonna be like that you know people who want to live in the old way oh yeah i mean you think about how far back blood sacrifice goes is exactly yeah, thousands yeah. of years if not tens of thousands yeah i mean the, like we said at the beginning the t- the two real subsets of this vampire lifestyle of lifestyle of people are like these these energy vampires and sanguinarians but there are a couple of others i mean just this is just a cursory like wikipedia glance on their list basically of vampire lifestyle i didn't know i sort of clicked around on these but i'm like they're all sort of variants on these main two Mm. so they're the sort of two biggies but you've got um people who do both we alluded to earlier uh, they do psychic energy and blood energy, sometimes called hybrids, sometimes called whatever I called them earlier. I can't remember. I can't find my notes right now, but they've got different names. Hmm. Uh, blood donors, who, which I, that is the side of it I don't understand. They're in the lifestyle to be to be food. Uh, once again, I wonder if there's a bit of a mystique to it. Like you know, they 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 kind of like the vampire mystique, but don't want to drink, so they're willing to donate. And then maybe there's something about being a bit subservient to someone and giving you blood. And it's definitely a subdom thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. To me, yeah. that I mean, I was going to say to me, it feels a bit kinky, a bit sexy. But then I don't think it 100 percent always is. I just think of any of that subdom style stuff to have a sex element to it and i know definitely some of this is sex vampires are about sex yeah you know um a lot of early vampire fictions are metaphors for um sexually transmitted diseases that is kind of what vampirism was created as uh to be a story of Mm. 
Interestingly, on on Wikipedia, I see they put blood fetishists in a in a separate category. Yes, uh, and they include that yeah. as a vampire lifestyle. But I I think it might actually come into some of those other categories as well. Not not mm-hmm. for everyone necessarily in those categories, yeah, but I think there's quite a few people that play into it, especially some of the people that I managed to find online. Tell me about the, oh yeah, you said you said you had found someone. Oh right, yeah. So let me just say there's one more one more time. So we've got the hybrids, the blood donors, the blood fetishists. You've also got the people that me and Rick um, sort of talked about right at the beginning, the role players and the people who just live the lifestyle. They sleep in coffins. They dress up like Drac. They participate in playing things like Vampire the Masquerade and stuff, but they take it mm-hmm. fully into their life and yep. they continue the role play. So this uh, this chappy that I found, uh, this is Murticus, which is a very great. cool name. Already, it's great. I love it, but wait till you hear his voice. Um, <laughs> he's he's in his 40s. Um, at least okay. he was as of October the 24th, 2022. And mm-hmm. at that time, he was also the head of the Atlanta Vampire Alliance in America and has identified as vampiric since 1997. Oh, my goodness. And while he hides in plain sight, he does feed on human blood. So I'm going to send you two things. Okay. There is a YouTube interview, which is just magical. And there is a Daily Star article. Daily Star, wonderful. Got to be done. Our old friends. Oh, they're in the chat in here? Yes. Oh, yeah, here they are. Right, okay. Ooh, okay. So the Daily Star thing, I'm a real-life vampire. I feed on humans and participate in sex rituals is the headline. So it's a good start. Murticus. I'm trying to... F- oh, here he is. There's a picture of him. He won't look at the camera. They're one of these... I'm not sure if that's actually him or not. They're not using a picture of him. I don't think so. No. No, there's no picture of him on the Daily Star, so I have to go on the video for the picture, yeah? Uh, the video is actually just rando images. Oh, so he won't show his face? I, I don't know. Um, oh, no, I've got... Is that him? <laughs> it's hard to tell. There's there's a bloke here that looks like it could be... Murticus Vampire. I'm searching. Murticus Vampire Atlanta auto-corrected for me. <laughs> Which is fantastic. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so this guy, I've seen him. Hey. He's propped up in one of the videos that I had as well. Oh, brilliant. So he must be a real shaker and mover in the world to be appearing in, like, multiple videos. He was in a Nat Geo video that I found. Meet the vampires. It might have been on the Sun one. I've I've seen him on a few different videos. Yeah, I know this guy. I would... Uh... Give that little YouTube clip a watch and then drop it in for the listeners because it is just fantastic. Should I watch it now? Where is it? Let me guess. Oh, yeah. We should talk to whoever is on the phone from the Atlanta <laughs> Vampire Alliance. Well, this is Murdoch. He's, re- he's a founding member of the Atlanta Vampire Alliance, Kevin. I didn't know that group even existed. Murdoch. Murdoch. Murdoch, hello. How you doing? <laughs> Good. Blood. Blood, You're- y'all. Blood. You're a you're a vampire too. I am a vampire. I'm a founding member of the Atlanta Vampire Alliance. Okay. And you can find out more about us at AtlantaVampireAlliance.com. We enjoy, we welcome everyone to take a good hard look at what we're doing and uh, learn more about vampires. Blah, y'all. Okay, but vampires aren't real, and by that I mean nobody needs blood to survive. Well, I, I know plenty of vampires who'd beg to differ. Because you, uh, if you don't drink the blood, if you don't feed and you're a vampire, can have actual uh, physical repercussions. Like what? Well, a loss of energy. Uh, okay. Sometimes a heart rate can be uh, dropping. Okay. Uh, migraines, losing consciousness. If you don't feed, oh. hmm. it's going to take, take its toll. Uh, and when you say uh, feed, what do you, uh, 
what do you mean? Are you just like drinking blood? You're not actually biting people. Well, it depends. You know, everybody's different. There's right. all different kinds of vampires. You 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 quoted the number five thousand. Five thousand, right? Uh-huh. Those are just the, the blood drinking vampires. There are ten thousand non drinkers in the U.S. who also claim to be vampires. So you can get physical energy from touch. Or, but most of us, we like we like drinking the blood. How can you be a vampire if you don't drink blood? Well, here's the thing: vampirism is just the feeding of energy off of other living things. Okay. And so. Uh, there's different ways you can do it, but most of us do prefer to drink the blood. <laughs> wow, Rick, I'm so glad you found that. I love blur, it. Blur, y'all. <laughs> blur, y'all, blur. Oh, God, that's fantastic. We're to bring the blood. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Um, I don't think it's the same guy that I oh, found. Okay. I found a very, I found a couple. They were like a husband and wife who had like a vampire wedding. Ah, uh. There were a few, a couple of specimens as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Merticus is a bit of a kooky character. He's interesting. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's not the guy I've seen before. When I says I heard this speak, I was like, no, this isn't the guy. <laughs> <laughs> but he seems like the sort of bloke who is in it for the sex. Like, from what I can gather, like, <laughs> he likes the lifestyle, but not for all of the reasons he said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if this, uh, I don't want to reveal, I don't want to kiss and tell too much and reveal telltales at school, but... The idea of blood when it comes to sex isn't appealing to me. No. No. Um, I've also never been like, I don't like the idea of food with sex. I don't know if that's something that's in the same realm as that. <laughs> don't think so. But, that's your um, well, well, they're vampires, aren't they? They're eating it. Oh, yeah, yeah, fair <laughs> so, point. <laughs> yeah. I'm, thinking about, I'm thinking about couples who like to roll around in chocolate pudding together. Hmm. Um, I'm thinking, do vampire, these vampire people roll around in blood together? Probably. Oh, God, it's going to get uh, everywhere. It's that's so I mean, messy. That, it also feels like if blood is going to get in areas that blood shouldn't be. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to get too much into that, but it's um, yeah. it just feels iffy. Yeah, you, you know what? My naive little mind there went, yeah, like in the cracks of the mattress. Got stuck. <laughs> 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 well, I think that's all I have on the vampire stuff. To be honest, I think that's pretty much all I've got for the for the lifestylers. It's 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 an interesting one. It's fascinating. <laughs> Yeah. And to be honest, I, I would quite like to give the uh, Vampire the Masquerade tabletop game a go, just to see what it's like, because yeah. uh, that seems fun. But all of the actual, like, I'm living this, like, you know, I identify as a vampire, I sleep in a coffin, I must have blood. Not for me. No, no, no. I've heard the tabletop game is very fun, actually. And there's the mm. this in the same universe as the werewolf one, right? There's a, I think there's a werewolf role-playing game, which is part of the same... There is a werewolf so, element within Masquerade, so it wouldn't surprise me. Um, yeah. yeah, I think, yeah. Because I knew someone yeah. that used to play that as well, and I swear they said it was in the same thing. I might be getting yeah. my facts wrong, but I think, it, I think it was in the same system. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, listeners, go out and play some of the Masquerade games. They're bloody good. Watch the interview with the vampire. Don't watch Morbius. <laughs> well, that's that's the end. <laughs> Don't watch Morbius. This, that's the end of our... Um... <laughs> Rick, oh, sorry. Before we said, we said about vampire movies, do you have a favourite vampire movie? Um, it's, it's got to be Interview with a Vampire. Interview with a Vampire. I come back to it so many times. Um, yeah. it's one of the few movies where Tom Cruise, this isn't being, I'm Tom Cruise doing an action film. It's like yeah, actual acting. It's an interesting cast. It is. And they all play it very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, I've watched a lot. I've, I'm drawing a blank, to be honest. The, um, I, like I said, I love the, um, Nosferatu the Vampire, the Werner Herzog version. I love that one. The... Uh, 
I tell you what's a very bizarre one. I wouldn't say it's actually a good film, but it's a fascinating film. Is the Francis Ford Coppola Dracula movie with Keanu Reeves and oh, Gary Oldman? I've not actually watched that one. You know, whether you like it or not, it's definitely always worth a watch because it looks bizarre. It has a weird look to it. Mm. You know, it's this like weird blood armor. Um, it's just a mad, mad cast. Yeah, mad outfits, mad sets. Like it's really ambitious. I don't love it, mm. but I appreciate. They really went for it. I'll have to check it out. <laughs> Another one I love. Um, you ever seen 30 Days of Night? No, I haven't seen that one. Very good. Um, it's got Josh Hartnett in it, of all people. Ah, okay. Uh, Tiss yeah. said about this one to me. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's based up in, um, in uh, you know, like, the, I can't remember exactly where, but you know, like, those Arctic regions where they get, like, 24, 24 hours of darkness for a certain amount of, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, a month a year. It's based, like, then in, in that area. So uh, it's really interesting. Like, the vampires have free reign. Oh, you know what? I've actually got uh one more vampire movie recommendation this is actually my favorite vampire movie but it's not a classic drac story it's um i don't know if you've ever seen only lovers left alive no it's fantastic it's um it's tilda swinton and what's his name tom hiddleston hmm. and they are both vampires and it's just like their life like living as eternal like he doesn't want to get involved with tech so he just hangs around in his flat like playing guitar all the time they've known each other for centuries oh that's cool they like hang out it's just like a hangout movie nice um and mia wasikowska she's in it as well she's one of them she's kind of like oh god she's a nightmare vampire when she comes around but it's really nothing happens like some people don't like it's like it's just nothing happens but i it it's really good i Hmm. i love the vibes feel of it like oh cool i only watched that in the last year and it became like an instant like this is a fave of mine this is a really 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 good movie oh sorry what, sorry what's it called again only lovers left alive only lovers left alive gotcha i'm going to legally purchase that after this yes it's a uh i think his name's jim 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 i forget, always forget his name jim jamoosh i think it is the director i like a lot of his films but it's, it's oh, okay he did a film called down by law with Tom Waits, which is fantastic mm. as well. But a lot of his films, like, not a lot happens in them. It's just like, here's some cool characters, spend some time with them. Yeah, a little slice of life sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, cool. yeah, I love that one. Um, another good one is uh, Let the Right One In. I oh, that's that. a good one. Yeah, yeah, I saw that at the cinema when it came out. Um, mm. And then they did the remake, and I watched yeah. it, and I was like, this is the same film. <laughs> it, yeah, it is, I know. That's <laughs> it's exactly the well. same. It didn't like, uh... need remaking. <laughs> no. Um, and I much preferred the original. Yeah, same. Yeah. same. I, mean, I took my ex-girlfriend to see that at the cinema and she did not appreciate it. Oh, that's a shame. It's such a good film. Yeah, I know. It's really good. But I don't think she was expecting a foreign language vampire movie. That's fair enough. Yeah. I don't know what she thought we were going to see. But, uh, but it's, that's a really good one, actually, Rick. Well done for that. And, uh, and other than that, of course, What We Do in the Shadows. <laughs> what We Do in the Shadows is fantastic. <laughs> the movie's great. Um, movie and TV series. Yeah, there's actually loads of really good vampire fiction. Can you do me a favour? Can you just shove in that joke uh, from the movie about doing my dark bidding on the internet? (laughs) Okay. I love that so much. Oh, you look terrible. The black paint. Thank you. Get dressed. I don't know if I feel up to it, really. You don't look that great, but if you eat someone on the way and rejuvenate a little bit... You could probably wear a mask or something. Just leave me to do my dark bidding on the internet. What are you bidding on? I'm bidding on the table. Are you coming or not? Not. Um, Rick, I forgot to get them up because I was going to try and get some messages from listeners seeing as it was your last episode. Hey. So I've got a couple here. Uh, there's more somewhere, but I'll read the couple I've pulled up. 
uh, from some listeners who knew this was going to be your last one. A lot of people were just saying, like, Rick, we're going to miss you. Uh, always love your episodes, Rick. All that stuff. Lots of, like, nice little comments like that. Um, here's a nice one. This is from listener uh, Alicia Kemp. Rick, while there are five possible contenders for the fifth Beatle, you are indisputably the one and only fourth WTAT are. <laughs> we will miss your ability to give the listener knowledge with a genuine, dry sense of humour, yet without a voice that sounds as though you're reading facts off Wikipedia, which is the biggest turn-off for me on many other podcasts. But that's what I am doing. <laughs> I know. We're just good actors, I suppose. Uh, your contribution has given sheer joy to many of us, Aww. and I wish you well in your new endeavours in the hope that you will entertain many more. Aww. Never forget that us WTATU weirdos loved you first. I, I will never forget you bunch of weirdos. Uh, it's, <laughs> they, honestly, recording this has been such a phenomenal experience. Not not just working with yourself and the boys, Bob, but I, I know I don't get to talk to them directly. And I just have like the odd little shout out here and there at the end of the <laughs> or start of an episode. But seriously, thank you guys. Um, and, you know, for all the years that you've been given to, to Weird Tales, yeah, I, I know I've tacked on kind of a bit later into the series, but I've, I've enjoyed every second of it and all the stuff that we've researched, all the places that we've been. And, you know, I, I've, I've had probably the most genuine paranormal experience of my life stood next to you, Bob, when we saw yeah, these yeah, weird orbs. So, yeah, I've got a lot to thank you guys for, man. It's been an absolute pleasure. So thank you. Thank you to both the boys and a massive thank you to all your listeners. And guys, thank you for sending the messages. It, it really does mean a lot. It puts a massive smile on my face. So cheers. I've got one more here, actually. Well, I pulled up while you have, I found another one while you were talking. Go on then. Um, I just heard the newest episode of the Pendle Hill Witches with Bob and Rick, which I absolutely love. This is from here, regular listener. Um, sad to hear that Rick will no longer be on WTATU, but I just wanted to thank him for some amazing episodes. I think the one that Bob and Rick did on the investigation at Devil's Bridge, you just hey. said about it, is one of my absolute favourite episodes. Uh, another one I really liked was the Weird Tales Revisited episode on simulation theory. Uh, the game that he devised for the Mandela Effect episode, so this is someone who paid for the bonus episodes, Yeah, um, was just superb, and I was playing along with Bob and thoroughly enjoying it. I really like Rick's different take on things coming at it from a sceptical way, but always wanting to look for solid evidence before believing in something. But the Devil's Bridge episode is where I believe he really felt something weird was happening. Mm -hmm. <laughs> anyway, sure. I just want to wish him all the very best of luck for his future endeavours. Having listened to a few episodes of Five Minute Folklore as well, I feel that his skills as a voice actor are awesome. Aww. I'm sure he will enjoy lots of success. There we go. Thanks, Mahir. Yeah, you're the man, Mahir. Thank you so much. That really does mean a lot, man. Thanks. So, yeah, oh, I'm glad I remembered to pull off a couple up at least for you. <laughs> I forgot this was going to be our last uh, recording sesh. Yeah, no, you know, I know we don't read them out on the on every episode, but you've, you've said some other lovely comments over the years. Yes. Well, and I really wish I could remember the names, but I, I, I feel really humbled uh, that, that the listeners took to me. And it, I, I'm still where I was. I am not the fourth member. I, I am a featured extra. <laughs> <laughs> He's the fourth member. <laughs> I knew you were the fourth member when we started getting emails. It used to be Bob Beef and Tiss. And and then we started getting emails where it was Bob, Beef, Tiss and Rick. Oh. <laughs> uh, so yeah, thanks, Rick. Thanks for joining us on all these episodes. I've really enjoyed doing the revisits. They have a really different feel to the regular Weird Tales episodes. And uh, yeah, our little investigations we did, the Pendle Hill one, the Devil's Bridge one, they was really fun as well. Well, thanks, man. And you know, I'm, I'm hoping at some point in the future I could come back and guest. You never know what the future holds. And exactly. I'm busy yeah. my recording. I'd love to be back. There's always going to be room for you here, Rick. Cheers, bud. Right, listeners, that's it for today. Until next time. The uh, next episode we're planning on recording pretty soon, as in, like, we're supposed to be recording another episode of Weird Tales this week, so it shouldn't be a massive gap. But, as you know, with Weird Tales, anything can happen. 
Um, <laughs> weird, strange things might happen that delay our recording. Uh, we're doing what we can, but it is summer and I work full time in summer and uh, the guys are really busy in summer, so we're doing what we can. Uh, until then, though, thanks again, Rick. Love you thanks, guys. Listeners. It's been a pleasure. And, uh, yeah, what, what, we've got a good sign off for the vampire stuff. Oh, you know what? I really feel like for my last episode, I should have really come up with something, but I think we've got a consistent theme of disappointment of late. So right. no, I don't. All right, well, until next time, suck off. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was going to say suck you later, but... <laughs> <laughs> On that note. Until next time, suck you off later. <laughs> right, <laughs> right stop there. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.